Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman with you. Now, before we start, just an announcement to make. The panel will be at a new time Monday. That's starting from 6 p.m. And it goes to 7. So uh, the panel, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. And I'll stay on uh, till 8, uh, presenting a a selection of RNZ's best features and podcasts. So next week, 6 p.m. But I will be on air with Jesse at the same time of 3.45. So uh, hope you can join us. Maybe you'll be uh, driving home. Maybe you'll have the little radio while you're cooking your, um, I don't know, macaroni cheese, macaroni cheese or tuna melt or whatever you have, but uh, do join me at 6 p.m. from Monday. Today there's been a call for a government inquiry into Auckland's rail network following another delay yesterday. So a question for the listeners. If you have lived out of New Zealand, what was the rail network like there, be it Prague or Zurich or Hobart, New York. What was it like? Text me, 2101. Also today, the world had a target to limit the rise to under 1.5 degrees Celsius above the pre-industrial average. We've blown it, but humanity has experienced its first year of living at that temperature, so what does that mean? And today there have been some extraordinary scenes playing out in Australia. Taylor Swift hysteria has been likened to the Beatles. We chat to Bernard Zuehl, who is a Sydney senior music writer in Sydney, about the uh, extraordinary musical scenes in Australia right now. You can text me, 2101. You can email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me this Friday afternoon, Victoria McLennan, CEO of IT Professionals, a businesswoman and digital equity advocate. Victoria, kia ora. Kia ora, Wallace. I'm so thrilled to be here on the last 4pm, the panel. (laughs) It's always great to have you on, Victoria. So thank you. Lots to discuss this afternoon with you. Also today, always a pleasure to have um, often funny Often funny. He's a comedian. He's a globe-trotting comedian. He's an MC quiz master. Alan McRoy, hello. Hello. Always funny. And it's also a thrill to be on your last show before you go to night time. Okay. Well, it's not quite. It's, 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 it's my night time. <laughs> a flash quiz for you. The highest mountain in the world is? that. Oh, you asked me this before, uh, oh. and it's something underwater. Okay. All right. Some will know. Uh, to this. You're about to make pikelets, but you've run out of butter. What do you do? That happened to me two days ago. We've all been in that heartbreaking scenario where you're cooking up a meal worthy of MasterChef, and then it all hits the fan because you've run out of butter. Or maybe you're a big home baker, but you need gluten-free alternatives for the key ingredients. I spotted a wonderful article in The Conversation Australia about the science of substitute ingredients. With us is food scientist and associate professor at the University of Southern Queensland, Polly Burrow. Kia ora, Polly. Nice to have you here in New Zealand. Hi, kia ora, Wallace. I'm actually originally a New Zealander, so I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Just for a few minutes, Polly. Tell yes. me, um, so many will be able to relate to this. Eh? You open the cupboard, you need that butter, or the fridge, you need that butter. Uh-oh, should I use oil? It's quite a common scenario. 
Yes. So oil can be a decent substitute in quite a few different things, um, especially doing cakes. You can still use uh, oil as opposed to butter. Um, the difference between them is in their chemistry. Um, so butter has molecules, which makes it more solid-like. Um, it also has 20% water, which not right. everyone may be aware of. Yeah. Um, so it's got that there, which helps with the moistness, and then the oils, which sort of help with the smoothness and, and the crumb in a cake as well. Uh, whereas oils are liquid because of their chemistry. Um, and they give fats um, and a fatty nature to your product still, um, but they give a quite a different texture to cake. It's usually a bit moister. And you'll notice with a cake that's made with oil that the crumbs are actually smaller as well. That's um, so, but that's not a bad thing. It's that's not interesting. A bad thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, let's go to our panel. Uh, Victoria, have you had this? You know, you, you've, 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 you've needed to reach for the substitute really rather quickly. Oh, I have it every day. I have a <laughs> vegan daughter, and okay. I myself am gluten intolerant. I'm allergic to yeah. some glutens. So I substitute all the time. I feel I'm a bit of a queen of substitution now. And people will often call me or message me and go, exactly as you had, I've run out of butter. What do I do instead? And um, and it's really funny. If you're so used to following a recipe, it's hard to think creatively. Or yes. you might not have chia seeds or xanthan gum or all of the other products I have in my pantry that other people don't necessarily have too. Polly? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, Alan, what about you? I don't know if you've uh, uh, touched a baking tin or you've made a scone or whatever, but can you relate to uh, the substitution of ingredients? Absolutely. I'm a master chef, Wallace. Oh. Uh, I do a lot of cooking. Uh, and a lot of stuff I do, uh, it's, well, I fry a lot. So I cook a lot of bacon and, and butter, so I go the other way. But before lockdown, I tried to be healthy. So I had all of that linseed stuff and that jelly and I tried to make nut bread. But then obviously during lockdown you let yourself go. But I've uh <laughs> yeah, I've tried I've tried a lot of stuff and it it fascinates me. Like again, buttermilk trying to make fried chicken where you're you're purposely making sour milk. But you know what I mean? It's just weird. Uh but it works, it's fascinating, it's science. Mm. Reminds me of school. What? <laughs> Well, this is really what we're talking about, isn't it? It's, it's, it's actually not so much cooking. It's actually the science uh, of it which makes it interesting. I want to know, though, um, in terms of the the textures. Do, do the textures, uh, particularly if you don't have gluten, gluten-free flour, does it come out the same? Polly? Yes. Um, so in terms of textures, it's actually improved over time. Because I know in the early days of a lot of gluten-free ingredients or um, breads and so on, that the textures were quite firm um, and not as springy, say, as a wheat-based bread. Um, so the way that's come about is to replace the wheat flour. There's actually quite a mixture of ingredients that might go into a gluten-free flour to try and perform a similar function. Oh. Um, so, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, rather than having one thing you've got a, a mixture of things to kind of try and do the same job um, there's one key ingredient which was mentioned just before sorry by one of the other guests um, xanthan gum which is what helps hold together um, baked goods that are made from gluten-free flour so it, oh. you only require a little bit of it um, and it kind of glues it's, it's sort of the glue um, to hold it all together um, and make sure that you have a continuous structure like you would in a wheat-based bread because am I right in saying that uh, 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 gluten is the component 
that can give a nice, stretchy, squishy quality to the bread. Yes, that's correct. Um, yeah, so gluten's one of the proteins in wheat, um, and it is the key one that actually gives bread um, its characteristic texture and structure. Um, you're quite right there. Is that why gluten bread is really awful? No. <laughs> Are you saying gluten-free bread is awful? Gluten-free, rather. (laughs) It's getting mixed up now. (laughs) Yeah, um, so with gluten-free breads, um, I took a look at the sorts of flours um, that are usually out there on the market, and what they typically tend to have is a couple of starches. So they might have your cornstarch or your rice starch or tapioca starch, um, some of the common ones that get used. Um, And then you might have a xanthan binder and a couple of other binders. And what we find is if you're quite high in the starch, which sometimes happens, you get this really firm sort of crumbly texture um, as opposed to the squishy, stretchy that you're normally trying to aim for. Um, So it's usually due to the starches that are present. Oh, it's lovely to have you on the program, Polly. Um, um, By the way, have you, do you, on a different note, do you make it back to your home country of Aotearoa every now and then? Oh, I haven't for a while. I've actually got a small baby, so I'm not oh. travelling too much at the, at the moment. Um, and I've got teenage boys, but hoping to make it back um, for good reasons. Um, a couple of years, unfortunately, I had to come back because my father passed away. Mm. So that was, um, luckily made it during the time of COVID, actually. It was when flights opened up. Well, it's nice to have you on the program anyway, Polly. Thank you for your time. That's a food scientist and associate professor at the University of Southern Queensland. I put out a call. Um, basically, we're talking about the calls for a an inquiry into the Auckland Rail Network. And um, we have listeners from not just New Zealand, but around the world. Um, and we have... Kristen, uh, who is from the University of Tasmania, deputy chair there, uh, uh, and she's I'm tuning in during my lunch break from Hobart, Tasmania. Unfortunately, while Hobart once had passenger rail linking it with other parts of Tasmania, we don't currently have any passenger trains to or from Hobart, just freight trains. I used to commute between Wairarapa and Wellington by train, and I do miss having uh, rail as an option. So keep those coming. I put out a call of when you lived, if you you lived out of New Zealand, what was the rail network like there? Meg says, I lived in Istanbul for six years in the 90s and used the inner city train services during my first year. The trains ran regularly and the young always gave up the side bench seats for elders and pregnant women Deodorant was not found in the supermarkets back then, and the pong of the travellers in summer was unbearable. I travelled with a perfumed handkerchief all the time, and the locals as young as three and four would hang out the perpetually open doors. Extraordinary. Amazing feedback here. I lived in Moscow and St. Petersburg for five years. I constantly used the metro. I couldn't believe how efficient the trains were in Moscow, one train coming every three minutes running to 1am. Unbelievable. All right, so we talk trains just after four. Time for I've Been Thinking. Victoria McLennan, take it away. Well, I've been thinking about technology because that's the world I work in and wondering whether society have a bit of tech fatigue. Are we switching off tech? 
There's lots of reasons why that I've been thinking about this. One is because in the USA, there's a growing slow tech movement and a growing industry for digital detox retreats where you pay money to go away and not have a cell phone for a week kind of thing. But I also know people here in New Zealand are worried about um, the fakes being made by AI and the increasing number of scams and not to mention the cost and overhead of managing all of your streaming services and apps. You know, you think when you're streaming, you've got Disney and Netflix and, and Neon and all of these things. So is the tide turning a bit? That's what I've been thinking about. And perhaps not completely, but maybe we all need to take a break from tech occasionally and think really hard about whether we're in control of the tech we're using versus the tech controlling us. It's a fantastic I've been thinking, Victoria. I mean... <laughs> Sometimes it feels all so overwhelming. Recall back in the day, I mean, in the 80s, Alan, all you'd have was a mad comic. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Or a Beano or a Dandy. Yes. And that's that, all you needed. That's, and that's, <laughs> that is all you needed. Maybe bring back those days. Wonderful stuff. All right, time for I've Been Thinking with Alan McElroy. Uh, I've been thinking, I'm I'm in Wellington, uh, as you know, and I'm here for the New Zealand Fringe, and I'm doing a new show called Mad in it, and it's based on that diagnosis I told you about last year when I, I got AD, I was told I had ADHD, and it was weird because, I, I've told you this before, you, you just feel like you're a weirdo <laughs> forever, and then doing the show, I'm meeting people that had the same uh, diagnosis yeah. done recently, and it's fascinating. Where you, th- you, I always thought I was, I was the only one. So we're trying to hide a lot of traits, and now I'm meeting different people that went through the exact same thing as me, and then helping other people that are looking into it to to get diagnosed. And that's just been on my mind. We did two shows already, two more shows tonight and tomorrow, and uh, I'm baffled. I'm baffled and blown away by everyone else's stories. Well, you came on the show about what, what, 12, 15 weeks ago and you said to the nation uh, your struggles with um, an ADHD diagnosis. We've got a lot of feedback, actually, Alan, so um, it's wonderful that you are um, incorporating that into your show in Wellington there. Now, uh, just a quick mention of this, something else that's been uh, happening and it's been on my produ- wonderful producer, Sam, uh, Sam's mind today. He and his friends and flatmates got a phone call from the vet to say their beloved cat Mo had been struck by a car. So we wanted to give a little shout out to little Mo, wherever he is. You were stinky, but they loved you very, very much, and you brought a lot of joy to their flat. And also a shout out to Mo's co-parents Gus, Jeremy, Naomi, Molly, and Nina who've all shed a few tears today. So here is to little Mo, and so many can relate, uh, Sam, to the loss of uh, a beloved pet. So kia ora to you. And um, uh, make sure you do check in next week from Monday. The new panel time is 6 p.m. We'll be seeing you there. The panel are NZ National. Stay with us. A lot to discuss after the news.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 